Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. We'll read verses 1 through 18 of Luke 8. Familiar verses in part, though many are more familiar with this passage from Matthew's Gospel, the parable of the sower. We look at God's word together, starting at verse 1 of Luke 8. Soon afterward, he, that is Jesus, went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa. Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell among the path, and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made known, be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Thus our reading from God's holy word, and as always, anytime we become before God's word, we ask him to bless us with it. Why? 
You realize every sermon you ever hear that's a gospel sermon that comes from God's word is a heart test. Every preacher across the globe, it's wonderful that we can celebrate the word and work of outreach in in, uh, Spanish and other speaking countries where we see word go forth. It's like casting forth seed upon soil, except the soil here is human hearts. Right now, hopefully today, word of God goes forth. And now what kind of soil is your heart? Every time, not sometimes, every time the gospel goes forth, it's falling upon soils called human hearts. And so we're called to examine our hearts, which is fitting, too, because we're going to come to the Lord's table, and you always want to come to the Lord's table with faith, looking to Jesus, looking in hope, looking for help, turning away from your sins, turning to him every time. Every time you come to church and a preacher faithfully brings the word, the seed is going forth. Is it falling on a hard path where it can't grow? Is it falling upon soil that's rocky and shallow and does, has little moisture, can't flourish? Is it falling among thorns, weeds that, oh, the soil grows anything, everything, but chokes it? Or is it falling upon good soil? That bears fruit. Jesus said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear, or to put it in a more popular idiom, you have ears, got ears, listen up. Because it's about you, it's about me. Got ears? Are you paying attention? Word of God's coming. How are you going to respond to it? Now, we're told here, the context is that everyone's coming out there to see Jesus. Verse 4, and when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him. People are flocking, and it's all sorts of people. There could be scribes and Pharisee people, sort of, well, I don't know about this guy. I, 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 I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm not sure about him. In fact, I'm rather unsure about him. It could be skeptics like Sadducees. Who does this rabbi think he is? It could be people in it for the wrong reasons. What can Jesus do for me and meet my needs so I can just live my own life how I want to and you just add some gravy to it? can be desperate people, hurting people, longing for help people, devoted people like we read of the women who were providing for them out of their means. A woman like Mary Magdalene, seven demons cast forth from her, people who can testify to the victory and power of Jesus, the good news, kingdom come. All sorts of people are coming to hear all sorts of hearts, all sorts of soils, one word, 
One word, four soils, a heart test. Jesus commences to speak to them, doesn't he? A sower went out to sow his seed. Now, nowadays we have planters and use big tractors and neat gizmos and gadgets, but in those days you reached into a seed bag and cast the seed. And in a prepared field, yeah, they would prepare fields in those days too, there was these paths you walked along, and any path you walk along gets hard packed and stamped down, packed down, and that's not really where you would expect anything to grow. We all know that. Anyone who's done any kind of garden knows that. You, you get a shovel or something, you dig up the soil, and you make it loose, and you prepare it. So they did, but you cast forth the seed into good soil, and some would land on the hard path. Some would land where there was rocky places, not really places to grow a crop. Some would land in areas where there was all kinds of weeds. On the hard path, what would happen? The seed would just sit on top. And birds know a good mill when they see one, an easy mill, easy pickings. Sparrows do this all the time on our own blacktops. They're out in the middle of the street picking up little seeds. And the car goes by, they fly off, and they come back. The seed, when it hits hard hearts, packed hard dirt hearts, it just sort of sits there, bounces off, fruitless. It's taken away. And the devil's very happy to make us too tired on a Sunday or whenever the word's going forth, too distracted, too bummed out, too distressed. To heed what's there in the heart is hard. And the devil yanks away the word before it can do anything. It does nothing. And some people, you know people who have constantly hard hearts. They're bitter toward the church. Or they're bitter just about life. And they're angry at God. And, and they dare God to bless them with anything. We know people like that. I do. The devil takes away the word. The seed but Jesus also talks about other kind of seed. It falls on the rock, rocky places. You don't usually try to grow a crop among rocky places, but the seed lands there. It even takes root. It even springs up. But the soil is shallow. And when the sunbeams of testing come down, so we meet people like that too, right? They, maybe you invite them to church, and they hear the word. And maybe they had a little Sunday school or church background, or maybe they're brand new to it and it sounds good to them, and they're hot for Jesus for a moment, for a while, but their job doesn't change. Their home situation doesn't change. Their marriage doesn't change. Their naughty kids don't change. I got Jesus. <laughs> Everything's supposed to work now. It's also, the gears are greased and now life should be easy sailing. And it's just as hard. Trials. 
In fact, now my mother has this disease and my brother's on drugs and it's just harder, it's not even better. No moisture, the faith is shallow. They're planted among rocks and the trials of life wither their faith. Wither what seemed to be a commitment to Jesus. And then Jesus also talks about other kinds of soil. Soil that the seed, the word of God, is cast and it finds itself among thorns. And this is good soil, man. This stuff grows in this soil. It receives, and, but not only will the seed grow there, thorns grow there. And Jesus is very explicit about this seed that's choked. We're told, of course, the crowds only get the parable. It's his disciples that get the explanation. And he's very clear about the secrets or the mysteries of the kingdom of God are given to you, if you will, good soil people, But to others whose hearts are already not ready, it's mystery, it's words, it's what? What is Jesus talking about? Well, he explains about this seed, this word of God that falls among the thorns, that they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares the riches and pleasures of life. Now what's curious about that is many of us think if I just had riches and pleasures, I could deal with the cares. But riches and pleasures are also the things that choke the word, not just cares. You can be rich and have cares. You can have multiple houses and cottages on Lake Michigan, and you take all kinds of exotic vacations. It's, you know, all sorts of cool stuff to do. But you have a child dying of cancer. Are you happy now? With all your money? No. Cares come in many forms. There's poverty cares. There's broken relationship cares. There's regret cares. Things you've done in the past that haunt you with guilt cares. There's lack of opportunity cares. There are the cares of Having what you always wanted, but can you keep it? Who else wants it? <laughs> now, you have, now you have what you really wanted. I, I, I'm financially better, but now everyone wants a piece of what I have, and now I'm worried about it. Cares. Greedy cares. There's the cares of illness. debilitating, ongoing, it's not going to get better, illness, or just old age, 
Some of you are a little older than I am, and you know a little better than I, I do that it's not easy to get old. For all you youngsters out there, it gets harder. Life will actually get harder with health that descends and fails. There's new tests. Those are cares. But then there's also riches and pleasures. You know, you, you don't have to have money to live for pleasures. All sorts of people live for their video games and their internet pornography and, and just sitting around. And, and Yeah, there's people that live that way. That, that's, my, that's their pleasures. And what is it doing to faith? It's choking it to death. All kinds of things choke faith. The devil at our throats. Don't believe. No. And he surrounds us with all these distractions. All these things to occupy us. So that I don't have to look at, have ears? Am I listening? Not really. I'm distracted with cares, with pleasures. Or if you have the fortune of riches, now look how I can live and what I can do and who I can control. Choking faith out of us. Now this is happening every time word of God goes forth. It's landing on hard paths. It's landing in rocky places. It's landing among thorns. And there's no fruit all three times. Only in a prepared heart, good soil, is there a yield, fruitfulness. Now, you can say to yourself, because I say it to myself, well, you know, we're the, we're the good soil people because we're in church here, right? We're, we're, you know, we're good soil folks. I suppose we are, by God's grace, but not all the time. You've never heard word of God that you've resisted? This message, yes, but this part of Bible, no. That's hard path stuff. You've never been shallow in your faith and trials come to you and you start doubting that God loves you. If you don't have an easy, breezy life, then God's not in your corner. He's not favoring you. He doesn't care for you. And God's against you. And there, I, I can't trust one who, who's not there to invite me to himself. Or you put God on a timetable, a schedule, how his blessing has to work out just so. We talked about that last time. Bless me now, and if it's not now, then well. Or we find ourselves choked by our plans, our work responsibilities. Faith and church and all that can live on the periphery. Jesus can be at the periphery of my life because the heart of it is somewhere else. It's about concerns and problems and, and, and pleasures. You got ears? Are you listening? Says Jesus. Examine your own heart. Now 
there's good soil. They are those who hear, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. And notice this, bear fruit with patience. Ooh, (laughs) there's the tough part. Bearing fruit with patience. It'd be easy if you just walk in. I believe, bless me, Lord. I, good heart, I love you. Bless, 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 bam, wham. Thank you, Lord. Super Jesus. Man, I'm alive for Jesus. It's all smiles now. No, maybe just like as I said earlier, nothing changes and it only gets harder. When I first really committed my life to the Lord, the devil immediately put the things that tempted me most in my path. He wanted to take the seed away. He wanted to maybe put trials in there to smother it. He even brought a a situation where I was just a little 18-year-old and this lady wanted to sue me. Imagine being 18 years old and someone wants to sue you. I was terrified. (laughs) Cares. Do you look to God or you doubt God? It was innocent, by the way. Patience. Fruit through trial. Fruit amidst cares. Fruit where you're always asking God to break up the hard paths in your heart. The hard habits. The stiff, stubborn ways. Sanctify me over here, but stay out of this part of my life, Lord. Stay out. This is why Jesus continues the parable with an application. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand. You want to see fruits? The fruits will shine out and enlighten the room. You don't believe in Jesus, so you can hide under the bed. You don't announce that you're his and then live like you're not. No. In those days, you didn't hit a switch. You had to get an ember to an oil lamp and go to the work, and then you'd get that lamp lit, and you would put it on a stand so it would give light to the room. You didn't put a bowl over it to smother it. Fruits come with the hard, rough and tumble of a lived life of faith, needing to trust Jesus along the way, through the trial, through the difficulty. Now, I'm no different than anyone. Difficulty comes to me, extra hard praying, fix it immediately, Lord, take the pain away. I'm no different than anyone. But, you know, if Jesus, if the Lord answered our prayers that way, then we would just make him a little gopher, right? Go go for that and go for this and... Faith would have no spine because spine comes from the trial, from the cares, overcoming the temptation of riches, 
Letting pleasures have their place, but boy, they're not first place. It's not, we're not taught to pray, hallowed be my pleasures. My kingdom come, my will be done. We're not taught that. And then he says, by way of that extension there, nothing is hidden that won't be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. You think God doesn't see? You know, that's how a lot of Christians live. They're slumped over. Oh, the world's winning. The devil's winning. Oh, and, and, and we try to be faithful and no one notices. I don't even think God notices. That's not true. It's going to be shouted from the mountaintops. Every heart exposed. Every subterfuge and intrigue and the liars and the lying liars who lie, they're all going to be exposed. God is judge. God is righteous. God is true. And our, even our little feeble fruits of faith will be acknowledged and will give all praise to God for cultivating faith in my heart. And that's our prayer, isn't it? To ever, Lord, keep cultivating, churn up the soil of my heart, drive out the hard paths, pull out the rocks, get rid of the weeds so that I have a heart that can bear fruit. And that's why when we bear fruit, he gives us more. And when we're fruitless, we remain so. As the last verse 18 explains. We hope to come to the table of the Lord. When you come to the table of the Lord, you, you, you discover that you're not a once upon a time ago sinner. You're still one who still needs Jesus. And because you look to Jesus, you come with joy. I need him. I need the seed of the word cast upon me. I need a heart that can receive it, Lord. We need the seed, we need the heart, and we need you to give the increase. Praise the Lord that he does, not only here, but in land and tongue and nation going forth across the globe until that last day so we can pray for this too that the seed goes forth not any seed not a false seed not a bogus seed not a false gospel seed that people too readily embrace but the word of God Lord, the Lord is even now preparing hearts and soils the heart of soils, the soils of hearts. Ask him to prepare yours again. That your life would bear fruit where he's planted you. In the circle, it starts right in the circle where you live, where you work, people you know. Let there be a harvest. 
and let the seed from you go forth to others. Amen.